0: On the 6th day of Christmas my true love sent to me six geese a-laying. Once upon a time there was a kingdom ruled over by a queen. The queen had one child, a daughter. The neighboring kingdom was ruled over by a king, and this king had one son. The king and queen decided they would create an alliance and betrothed the young princess to the young prince. When they were both old enough to marry, it was decided that the princess would travel from her kingdom to that of her betrothed. She would travel on horseback, taking her jewels and silks with her, and one single servant. When she was preparing to leave, the Queen called her daughter to her. My dearest child, said the Queen, you are about to leave me, and I do not know when I shall see you again, but know that even though I am far from you, I will always love you, and my love will always keep you safe. So saying, she took a knife and cut her finger. She let three drops of blood fall onto a handkerchief, which she gave to her daughter. This is the blood from my heart, which carries with it my love for you. As long as it is with you, my love will keep you safe. The princess tucked the handkerchief into her bodice, then kissed her mother goodbye and rode out. The princess and her servant would need to travel for three days to reach the kingdom of her betrothed. On the first day, they stopped by a stream and the princess called to her servant to fetch her some water, as she was thirsty. Fetch it yourself, replied the servant. I shall not be your servant for much longer. The princess did not think much of it, assuming that her servant must be tired from the journey, or perhaps missing her home, and worried about what the future may hold. So she got down from the horse herself, bent over the stream, cupped the water in her hands, and drank. On the second day of riding, they again stopped by a stream, and again, The princess asked the serving maid if she would fetch her some water. Fetch it yourself, replied the serving maid. I shall not be a servant much longer. The princess again got down from her horse, knelt by the stream, cupped the water in her hands, but as she knelt over the stream, the handkerchief in her bodice, the handkerchief which held the blood from her mother's heart, the blood which held the love that would keep her safe, slipped out of her bodice and floated away downstream. The serving maid saw this and when the princess rose and prepared to get back on her horse, she found that her servant held in her hand a knife. I told you that I should be a servant no longer. Take off that pretty fine dress, lest I slit your pretty fine throat. The princess took off her beautiful gown, and the servant dressed herself in it, tossing her uniform to the princess. Now you shall be the maid, and I the lady, she said, and you will promise never to tell a soul what has happened here on this road. The princess, frightened of the knife in the servant's hand, promised she would not tell a living soul what had happened. The serving-maid, now the false princess, got up upon the princess's horse and they rode off. On the third day again they stopped by a stream. The false princess called out, ''I am thirsty. Fetch me water.'' The true princess said nothing. She took a silver cup, bent by the stream, and brought water to the false princess. ''You take your new role well, and remember.'' you have promised not to tell a living soul. I know the secret of your mother's bloodline. If one of them is to break a promise, their very hearts shall break and they shall die. The princess knew this too. She knew that she could not break a promise without her own heart breaking and bringing about her death. They rode on for the last of their journey, and at the border between the two kingdoms, they were met by the prince and his entourage. The prince, seeing the fine lady in the fine dress, sitting on the fine horse, assumed that this must be his betrothed. He swept her off her horse and onto his, all the time saying gallant and beautiful things. The true princess followed silently as they all processed towards the palace. Once there, the prince lifted the false princess down from the horse and said that he would show her to her rooms, her chambers, introduce her to her ladies-in-waiting. Anything she wished for, she need only ask. They left in pomp and splendour. The true princess was left in the courtyard, not certain of what to do, and worried that there might be no place for her in this palace and that she would be turned out onto the streets. Now, as it happened the old king was sitting by the kitchen window. He had reasoned that it was probably best for his son to learn the business of ruling a kingdom before he became king himself, and little by little the prince had taken over the business of kingship. Until now, the old king had very little to do but enjoy his old age. He would often sit in the kitchen and watch the goings-on of the palace. In his youth, he had been known as a shrewd, wise man, and he still carried that wisdom with him. As he looked out into the courtyard, He saw a young woman standing there alone. He saw the pain and sorrow on her face and thought to himself, That young woman is carrying some secret sorrow. Her face looks so pained. I must do something to help her. He went out into the courtyard and spoke to the young woman he found there. My dear child, you look so sad. Tell me, what is it that troubles you? Don't you know that a problem shared is a problem halved? The princess was mindful of her promise. But at the same time she did not want to lie to this kind old gentleman. So instead she said, I have travelled here with the woman who is to be your son's wife, but now she has gone away to her chambers and her ladies-in-waiting, and I am worried that there will be no place for me here. Ah, said the old king, well that is a problem I can easily solve. There is indeed a place for you here. You see, I have six fine geese. Finer birds you would not find, even if you were to travel the world six times over. My geese, though, are very particular about who cares for them. I am in need of someone who can take my geese to and from the river each day. Let me take you and introduce you to them. If they take a liking to you, then you shall become their new guardian, their shepherdess, their goose girl. The old king took the young woman to meet his geese and they were indeed six of the finest birds the world had ever seen. Their necks were long, their feathers silken, and they waddled proudly to and forth, honking and hissing at those they deemed unworthy of their company. When the king introduced the princess to his geese, they did not hiss at her. Instead, they waddled about her, nibbling gently at her skirts, and brushing their feathers against her legs. It seems my geese like you, said the king. You shall now be their guardian their goose girl and so the princess became the goose girl every day she took the king's six fine geese to the river they splashed about and nibbled on the weeds and when they had had quite enough exercise she took them back to their place in the king's palace she was happiest when by the river with the geese because then she was not in the palace and could not see the preparations being made for the wedding the wedding which should be hers one day when she was sitting by the river with the geese something caught her eye One of the geese seemed to have found something, a piece of cloth which had become knotted among the reeds. The goose was pulling at it and becoming most frustrated that no matter how much it pulled with its beak, the piece of cloth would not come free. The goose girl waded into the river and unknotted the cloth from about the reeds. The goose, on discovering that this cloth was not something good to eat, lost all interest in it, but the princess held the cloth in her hands. It was a white cloth, a white handkerchief, and on it were three spots of blood. This was her mother's handkerchief, her mother's handkerchief which bore her mother's blood, her mother's blood which bore her mother's love, which would keep her safe. The princess cried with happiness. She wrapped her arms around the geese, embracing them, calling them such clever birds to have found her mother's love for her. The geese did not understand this, but they were pleased with her affection. The king, wishing to escape from all of the wedding preparations, was taking a walk, and decided he would check upon his geese and see how the new goose girl was getting on. She seemed happier than when he had last met her, but he could see on her face that there was still some secret, a heavy secret that she was carrying. The old king had an itch for finding out secrets. How are you getting on with my geese? he asked the goose girl, and the princess replied she was getting on very well. That is good to see. Let us walk back together. And as they walked back to the palace together, they began to talk and the king became more and more certain that, indeed, this young woman was carrying a secret. When they arrived back at the castle, he turned to her and said, "'My dear, I know that you are carrying some secret. And let me guess, it is a secret you feel is far too terrible to tell a living soul.' The princess nodded. "'It is true. I promised I would not tell this secret to a living soul.' The king scratched his beard. "'My dear, I have been in this world a great many years, and I have seen a great many things, and I can tell you this. Carrying a heavy secret is not good. The longer you carry it, the heavier and heavier it will become, until at last it crushes you. You must tell someone. But you have promised not to tell a living soul. Hmm. Well, my dear, why do you not go into that little room there, and tell your secret to the fireplace. A fireplace is not living, and even if it were, it has no soul. So you may tell your secret without breaking your promise. The princess nodded. She went into the little room and knelt down by the fireplace. Meanwhile, the sprightly old king clambered up onto the roof and knelt with his ear pressed to the chimney. He listened as his goose girl told her secret to the fireplace. When her secret was told, the old king knew all. The first thing he did was go to the royal dressmaker. The royal dressmaker was bidding making the wedding gown for the false princess. The king told the royal dressmaker that they must make a new gown and that this new gown was to be made for the goose girl. He then went to the cooks and told them that there was to be a great banquet held that night. He went to the pages and instructed them that under no account was his future daughter-in-law's cup to be empty of wine at any point in that evening. And lastly... The old king went to the goose girl. He presented her with the fine dress that the royal dressmaker had made. He told her she was to wait outside the doors of the banquet until he gave the signal for her to enter. That night, a fine banquet was held with all the nobles and courtiers. Seated at the head of the table was the king, the prince, and the prince's future bride. Throughout the evening there was much laughter and merriment. The pages followed the old king's instructions and made sure that at no point was the future bride's cup empty of wine. Towards the end of the evening the old king stood up and spoke to his courtiers. A problem has come to my attention. It is a great problem and I am vexed as to what to do. There has been a crime committed. "'A terrible crime, indeed, and I do not know what is a fitting crime for the perpetrator. "'I will tell you the story, my dear friends, "'and you shall tell me what you think should be done with the villain.' And so the king told a story, a story about trust broken, about betrayal and deception, and when he was finished, he asked all assembled what should be done with the perpetrator. The courtiers all called out suggestions. The perpetrator should be fined, should be thrown in prison, should be whipped through the streets. The last to speak was the false princess, the false princess who, if she had had not quite so much wine, might have been a little more wary and paid a little bit more attention to the king's story. She said, I think such a person should be stripped naked, stuffed into a barrel studded with nails, and rolled up and down a hill until they are dead. The old king smiled a cruel, cold smile. Well, As you have judged, so let you be judged. He signalled and the door was opened, and standing there behind the door, dressed in the most beautiful gown, was the true princess. The false princess turned white. She was grabbed by the king's guards, stripped naked, stuffed into a barrel studded with nails, and rolled up and down a hill until she was dead.